Hey, welcome to Sound Guy Tips Podcast. So this week, I'm going to do a little bit about ear training. Now, this is coming from the perspective of maybe you're stuck at home because of all this viral outbreak worldwide. Uh, and, you know, what can you do at home to hone some skills that don't involve actually being at a mixing board or in front of a band or having to deal with cables or sounds or whatever. But what you can do is musical ear training and frequency ear training. Both of these are, you know, greatly going to improve the way you approach hearing sounds and overall mix composition, but also being able to identify problem frequencies or sounds and dealing with them. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So let's get things going. Welcome to Sound Guy Tips. I've created this show because I am dedicated to sharing as much knowledge as I can about the world of live sound. Listen, Getting into the world of live audio can certainly be intimidating, but I'm here to teach you the technical aspects, key mindsets, and how to thrive socially to stay on top of call lists, land an awesome house gig, or get yourself on retainer with a great touring band. So this is Sound Guy Tips. Now can we cut this music out? Oh man, I'm sick of all this inspirational crap. There we go, that's better. Welcome to Sound Guy Tips Podcast. My name is Jonah Kay, and I'm going to talk a little bit about ear training. Now, I sort of had this idea before jotted down, but uh, I actually got the suggestion from from Bill Smith. Uh, he had messaged me on Facebook, and it actually was back in January. And, you know, uh, I'm not extremely diligent on checking every notification. It was one of those message requests that got buried and I finally went and clicked on it now that I've had a little bit of time at home and I got bored and I was clicking through uh, my profile and I was like oh man yeah that's a good idea let's talk about ear training because it's a it's a big deal you know like there there's a gap uh oftentimes with how well people's ears are trained in an informal setting and what I mean by that is you know, a lot of people don't go to a schooling type program that might have this in the curriculum and or have studied music in a certain way. A lot of guys get into doing sound or production because they, you know, they love they have a love for music um, and concerts or, or things like that. And then they start playing in bands and they kind of have a do it yourself attitude. So they're learning off of guitar tabs or drum tabs or just kind of picking up and playing their favorite songs. And then they end up in a band and then down the road, they end up continuing and they're doing sound and now they're learning all the technical things. And now they're mixing shows. And all the while, they never actually kind of did a program to hone in on their their hearing and exactly how to deal with what you hear, recognizing what you hear, being able to identify it and act upon instinct of what you hear versus kind of just kind of going, oh, you know, the bass kind of sounds a little weird or 
you know, things sound muffly. You don't really know what's going on. Um, and there's a couple different sources that I want to point you to um, that you can do at home on a daily basis. And seeing as everybody kind of is, you know, screwed at this point and is stuck at home, this is something you can do that will just keep your ears uh, on a learning curve without being able to be out there mixing shows and touching a console and listening to people in real life. So I feel like there's types of sound guys out there. Uh, you know, one is somebody who has done sound and never played in a band and doesn't play instruments. Uh, and then there's the opposite where there's people in bands that know literally technically nothing about what's going on. They just know to get up there and play their songs. Okay. And then there's sound techs that also play in bands so they can actually, you know, accommodate the artist properly because they've literally been up there and had to listen to a bad wedge mix for an entire show and just put up with it or no wedge at all. Like, no, you know, deal with your stage sound as you get it. Um, and then, so, you know, the guys who are in, in the middle who have worked on stage uh, and played on stage are are going to be probably the best fit and be able to do and end up having the best ears for what's going on. Uh, and then there's, again, there's the musicians who are full-time musicians, but also know the technical side and can actually set things up in a way that is very easy for a, a sound guy to deal with and mix. Right. So there's kind of a, a mixture of worlds there. Now, I'm going to provide two sources of ear training online that are good for the sound guys um, who don't play any instruments at all. And then also the ones who are musical as well. Um, but I would recommend whichever one you are to do both of these sources. So the first one is the Golden Ears Training. I know this has been a standard uh, for a long time. Uh, Dave Moulton's Golden Ears Online. Uh, it's an online training source at this point where you sign up and you go through, um, you know, volumes of frequency, EQ, boosts and cuts, uh, effects and processing, uh, delays and reverbs and decays uh, and mastering frequencies, being able to identify all these different things. So it basically just plays you different audio sources with changes and you, you know, pick A, B or C, which one is correct. And then you go through all the different levels, you know, the introductory um, and then bronze ears, silver ears and golden ears, which is the final level. And I have not even got the golden ears correct 100% yet. I've gotten very close, but it is really difficult. Like they will do EQ boosts and cuts at the same time. So they'll be like, okay, there's a 1K boost of two decibels and a 300 dip at two decibels. And you have to identify both the boosts and the cuts. Uh, and they do mastering tests, side-by-side -side masters with very subtle changes that you have to correctly identify. So the first couple levels are, are pretty easy. If you've done sound before, you should be able to whip through the first couple of levels. But getting 
fully all the way to the golden years and getting 100% correct is quite difficult. And, you know, it's something that is really good to just let you know where you're at as far as actually like school, like school style, like there's a test, they're going to, you're going to hear something and you have to answer correctly. And it's something that, you know, you can actually speed up your, uh, your sound identification quite drastically in a short amount of time doing this type of training, you can get the same amount of training and, you know, good, good ears on you from doing like hundreds of shows, but that could take you years. Uh, and that's how a lot of people do it, but you're still, there's probably holes in, in, in what you know and what you're actually identifying as, as a sound. I mean, the quicker you can identify what you're hearing, uh, the faster you can solve problems and get a mix going that is the best it can be in the shortest amount of time possible in real time when you're hearing bands play music you know you don't have a lot of time to guess you should be able able to identify what's going on and the same goes for studio work when you're thinking of getting a good source of sound when you hear something say you're working on a guitar tone and you can hear what's you don't like about it. Sorry, like, yeah, you can hear what you don't like about it or you hear what you do like about it. You can go and make adjustments on the amp very quickly to compensate, to try and get the best tone that's going to sound good on the record or what you're looking for to work with when you are going to mix it and do some stuff to it in post to bring it out even further And you can dial in those tones much quicker. And, you know, it's definitely uh, a plus when a client is in front of you and you can get their amp sounding better than they've ever been able to make it sound uh, in a matter of a couple minutes just by dialing it in because you know what you want to hear. Your ears are trained up to the frequencies that will sound good when they get loud in volume uh, compared to sound harsh, muffly or muddy, whatever you don't like. So, you know, it's transferable in in studio and in live. So that's the first place you can go to get some ear training. And that's a very technical route, but I would recommend it. I think it I think it's somewhat standard across different uh, sound colleges and stuff as as part of a curriculum in some way they make you get the certificate of of having gone through that training. But I would have to double check on that because I never went to any sound colleges. So the next source you can go for some daily ear training is uh, musictheory.net. And the best thing about this is it has interval training. So you can start developing your relative pitch. Now, this is obviously great if you're a musician as well to just work on relative pitch, uh, being able to identify intervals from one note below or above it. And, and how they work together, chord identification, scale identification, all those types of things. But the main one is the interval ear training for relative pitch. This training is especially important for uh, if you're a sound tech and you do not really play instruments much. You might have dabbled years ago, but now you don't do that anymore and you just do tech work and and and. Uh, and do sound and stuff like that and you're not you don't really have an instrument in your hand or you don't sing or have any sense of of tune or pitch 
Okay, this type of training will just bring you one step further to the musical side of things. Being able to identify octave frequencies or uh, half octave frequencies and other intervals, even when you're dealing with feedback, if you hear a note and then you know, you're ducking that and you start hearing another one poke out and you have a little bit more of a musical training, you can kind of get a sense of which sets of notes are wanting to feed in that uh, room space and you can deal with it and be able to identify it quicker if you just have good relative pitch. So just as an example, like if you're hearing something taking off in a weird way, and you can accurately recreate that same frequency with your mouth, either through a whistle or through a singing falsetto voice or something, that you can play back that exact frequency with your mouth through the mic or in some other way. You can, you know, you can keep that in in your head and you can actually use that to correct whatever the problem is. If your sense of tone if you think you're tone deaf and you hear a frequency feeding back and you're relying on uh, metering or RTA metering and stuff like that just to like show you which one it is and then you pull that down and you can't actually like sing the note back exactly where it is, you know, it's it's going to take you longer and you might not get the result you actually want from it. So doing this interval training on musictheory.net uh, is also really great for when you're doing producing and you're recording a band and you can really hear if the vocalist is on pitch or not uh, sitting. Say it's just an acoustic guitar strumming chords and the person's singing over it. You can really hear their voice sitting in those chords properly uh, what notes they're choosing to use scale-wise over top of that. Um, maybe th- they're not extremely versed in, in being able to say all the notes that they're singing. They just are doing it by feel. And maybe a certain note is sticking out weird. And you can easily be like, hey, why don't you try this and sing them, you know, either be like, oh, why don't you try the third? And you can like sing it back to them. Uh, because you've been able to do this training and you can hear the other notes over top of, you know, the music underneath of it. And you can help guide people through the writing and recording process uh, a lot more easily if you can speak the language of, of saying, oh, yeah, this is a sixth or a fifth or a major third or a minor third uh, harmony and, and and being able to actually, you know, quickly use that knowledge to help when it comes to to melody writing or just t- getting a good take in general. So I'm going to wrap it up there. Go check out Golden Ear Training and musictheory.net and do some ear training and, you know, do your ears a favor and keep them working while you're just sitting at home, basically, you know, waiting until people start booking shows again. You know, you can get back to when you mix your first show, your ears will be 10 times better and you'll have a lot more confidence going in. And it's just, I don't know, it's just fun for me. You know, it's its really entertaining. I, I like doing that kind of stuff. So check those out, test your ears, and uh, let me know what you think of it. See you guys.